Welcome everyone to another episode of the Frito and Willie Show. I'm Frito, Marcel and represent, and we got Willie Mack is in the building, man. You know what I'm saying? Same hat as last episode, same shirt. Obviously, we're recording these back to back. They all right, man. They'll be cool with yeah, that. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No need, yeah. no stress, no worries and stuff like that. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But as we do every episode, we're going to start off with hot new music, man. Like what you've been listening to and stuff like that, man. Uh, Willie, please let us know. So, so similar to the last episode um, of the Woo, of the, of the Woo, Woo recaps, uh, I focused on a song um, that's featured in this episode's title, which is Winter Wars. I don't really have a lot to say because I know that my trusted co-host uh, <laughs> holds this song in very high regard. So I'm just going to turn this over to you, man. Go okay. Ahead. Yo, yo. <laughs> I, 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 oh, gosh. So what you got to understand about Winter Wars, it's probably in my top three or top five Wu-Tang songs of all time. Wow, that that's high, dude. That's high. That's high. For real. It the beat is just is fast paced. The it rhyming is. on there is ridiculous. And Capadonna probably has one of the best verses in hip hop history. Oh. That song. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Okay, what is it? What is it about the? Because because I remember you say this in college. Like I, you have been carrying the Capadon flag, at least for his participation on Winter Wars for a long time. So just explain to me what is so important, what's so epic about this verse, man. Just, just help me out. Okay, so so first of all. Capadonna for a long time, I remember, I was like, is he part of the Wu-Tang? Is he not part of the Wu-Tang? I'm not sure, yeah. you know? So, in a, in of all things, I just count him as part of the Wu-Tang, you know? He, I'm still not sure if he really was, to be honest with you. Yeah. Nonetheless, his album that he came out with, I felt it. It was kind of jazzy s like you know what I mean? You talking about the pillar? Uh, okay, okay, yeah. You know? Okay. For me, at the time, I need to listen to it again. At the time, I'd probably give it a four out of five, to be honest with you. I'd probably give it a four out of I'm five. I'm going to have to really listen to The Pillage now, because I don't think it resonated with me that much. I'm trying to figure out what year it came out. It probably was a bunch of stuff out that year, and I was going crazy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to uh, remind myself about The Pillage. So I'll put it on my, my um, you know, you used to have the summer reading list, sort of, <laughs> the, book of the month. Now, you know, again, this was... Yes, put it on your summer reading list because I got to do the same thing as well because I haven't listened to it until since it first came out. So this was like okay. 20 years ago. You know you know how you listen to music now. You'd be like, ah, it probably doesn't hit the same. But at the time, yeah. he followed in the, the Wu-Tang pathway, um, sort of, I will say, more under the RZA tree a little bit. You know, more under the uh, grave diggers vibe. You know, there are trees of woo. There are yes. trees. There are. That's trees. what I think. But he had a little bit also too of ghost face in him as well. You oh, know, okay. that's what I feel like. So okay. now with this Winter War song, the song was just 
first of all, the beat just hit you just like this. Yeah, it was. It all was. right. And then Capadonna, he made it like a battle verse, but still made it a great song. Because they were cast, I mean, cats were rhyming on the song. I'm looking at the lyrics now um, on my other screen. I'm like, you know, this wasn't a joke song. No. And it was on the Ghostface Iron Man album. So it wasn't a, this was, well, this was not a throwaway situation. Like, no. It was a show and proof situation. I mean, Master Killer's on this. Uh, you guys on this. Of course, Tony's on this. And yeah. Everybody yeah. came with a verse. And then Capadonna, the mob, like, everybody came in with their A game. It's kind of like having, like, your first four batters just baka, baka, and he cleaned up. He was just like, okay, let's do this. I felt like, I don't know what the energy was like, but I felt like they were in the room together and said, like, who's got the best verse? And you just felt that energy in that song, like, okay, that's what you coming with? Okay, that's what you coming with? And he just had time to just pull everything in it, because he was like, you know, and that got thrown out out of the Method Man Jeep or stuff. Some like PLO style got thrown out with the Method Man Jeep. I gotta find the lyrics here because it was just oh, it's crazy. Like, like everybody else spit like a sixteen. He went on for like sixty bars, bro. That's the thing. So he kept on for sixty bars, yeah, but you yeah, never got tired bars. of it. Yeah, I I knew I knew his verse was long, but now that I see it printed out, I'm like. Can't for 60 bars, bro. Listen, that's what I'm saying. It was like battle style because there was, out of that 60 bars, there was no hook. No. There was no hook. He kept the same energy all the way through. Yo, this all the way through the song. This stuff in here I didn't even catch. Now that I see it written out, like when he says... Smoking dollar blunt and dial the 917 number. I think it's genius. Like, I'm seeing this now, but like 917, of course, the New York area code. And then, oh, I understood what the last five digits were, but I didn't understand that the 160, that's a that's Park Hill, that's the projects. And then the, in the last couple digits, Oh, five nine three eleven is actually the numeral numerical code for Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it makes sense. You know what? Oh, I need to. Okay, so he says I smoke a blunt and dial the number. You could get long dick hip hop affection. Oh man, I might, I might be sleeping on this verse, dude. I mean, I knew it was dope, but you know you. Put your... No, he says this. Okay, I'll go. Are we just going to get into it? Can we just nah, get into it? go ahead. Go ahead. So, did you know that he was in the episode? Oh, come on. Frito. Frito. Okay, okay. So, 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 time out. Are we talking about the jail scene? Yes. Because <laughs> he, he spits a line out of, out of the song. So now, yes, when he spit that line in that song, some things that came out was like, 
did Capadonna have some beef? So now that's what made me go back to the Winter War song. Because did Capadonna have some beef with some other Wu members in real life? Because I don't know if they were just keeping that in the story. Or mm -hmm. was this a play in, from real life? Because, you know, Capadonna never was, he never really felt fully ingrained into the whole Wu structure. So there is a reason for that according to you, God. You know, I read you God's book, and I definitely suggest that as reading um, um, you God's um, biography. Though Method Man has come out and said that there are a couple things in that book he does not think is true. So put, I, I want to put that disclaimer out there. That Method Man said this. Like, literally, Method Man said there's some stuff in that book. He's like, I don't, I don't remember that happening that way. But you God said the only reason Cap is in the group and sort of made it seem like the reason Cap's in the group and you God, I mean, the reason Cap's not in the group and you God is, is almost just because of timing. Cap was locked up when the Wu were getting their deal. And they could, but you God was too, but you God got out just in time. That's why you guys only on one song, two, but really one. You know, you guys on chess box and he does that little interlude thing on protect your neck but like that's why you guys not all over that album because they couldn't wait on cap so that's what you guys said you guys said that's the reason why um that happened and it seemed like master killer was just um and um you got admitted that he didn't really know too much about master killer but that Master Killer definitely was a late entry. That's why Killer's only on um, chess boxing as well. So, um, so I think that's why. I, I think that if Cappuccino, I mean, we call this Cappuccino too, but if Cappadonna was um, was available, he probably would have been a Wu Tang member. I got you. So, Cappadonna. Early on, was one of my most favorite Wu members. I think he was. He was like Jerobi in in um Tribe Called Quest, sort of. Mm. You know, though Jerobi was a member of, of of Tribe, and he left on his own accord. That was a little different, but it was like that other dude. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's all, and like you know if you if you know enough you know rap crews, there's always an other dude. Like Royce was the other dude with D12. Like he's not in D12, but yeah. Why is he not part of Detroit? Is he from Detroit? <laughs> Isn't he better than every other Detroit member? Shout to Proof, RIP Proof, of course, but I'm like, why is it Royce? Even Redman had that sort of relationship after a while later on where Redman would be on a bunch of woo stuff. And of course, it's, 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 it's a relationship with Method Man. Uh, though I found out recently that Redman was not fond of Method Man when he first met him. Really? Yes, yes. I know we're going on tangents, but you, you know, this is what we do on this right. show. Right, right. But uh, so according to the history of Def Jam, another book I've recently read, um, Redman was like this, cr this crazy draft pick, you know what I mean, for Def Jam. Um, but it was he was sort of different than what they usually were doing because mm -hmm. Redman really was... Like he's all comical and funny and you love him and da 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 Chucky movies and stuff. But he came into Dev Jam like that's a real street dude. Like they said that he was doing stuff like showing up to the office 
with nothing but his hoodie on and a, a tissue paper sticking out of his nose and would just sit in the corner and intimidate the office workers. Like, they thought that he was legit. And not gangster in the way that, like, Ice-T and Cube were, but, like, really, like, a legit, he might rob all of us right here and now type of guy. And he was a risk for Russell Simmons and Def Jam, but they did it. But then, and then his album with gold around the same time as 92, guess what's happening? Wu-Tang's happening. Wu-Tang's happening. And, you know, Def Jam um, had to figure out because they couldn't invest in all these Wu-Tang guys. And so they, it was, I think the conversation was ODB versus Method Man and they chose Method Man. And so Redman's like, who, who's this dude? Like, why are y'all, who, who this other light-skinned cat that smoke weed? that y'all putting all this energy into. But they ended up linking up, and of course history was history. Like they were like, oh gosh, like you're like my brother, let's have fun, this is great, we should do music. That really became probably one of the best rap duos, unofficially. Yeah, and it made too much sense, right? Mm-hmm. It made too much sense. And like I hope if this show lasts that it goes into how, how to be real here, a lot of those divisions that actually helped out individual members actually crippled what Wu-Tang became, crippled who Wu-Tang was. Mm. And I think Method Man in particular came to be like this. I felt like his relationship with Red Man and realizing, Method Man realizing, like, this actually may be more fun. Maybe I should just go on tour with Red Man now. Maybe I should do movies with Red Man now. Maybe I should do a TV show marketing campaigns with Redman now. I don't got to do all this other ish over here. Oh, I got Eric Sermon, who's an in-house producer, to do my production for me. I don't have to get RZA to do everything for me. I have to wait on RZA? Ah. So just something to think about. Hopefully, we, I, you know, that would have to be like season four or five if this continues, but... It'd be cool. I'm sorry, man. We have totally diverted. Let's get into this episode. <laughs> well, good combo. Good combo. You know, I was excited about this episode because it was called okay. Winter Wars. You know, <laughs> I know you were. I know you were. I was excited about that. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, okay, what is this going to be about? This is one of my favorite songs yeah. ever in Wu-Tang history. Let's go. Let's see what's up. You know? Okay. And here it starts off with uh, Divine is in jail, as we know. Yeah. And now Bobby and Dennis have to, which is Riza and Iron and Ghostface, have to take over the operations and figure out how to run with it, you know? Yes. And the first order of business is they're trying to re up on the coke and a large supply of it for them. You got to meet the plug. Got to meet the plug. And <laughs> it's interesting because the plug is supplying competing crews. Which he should be doing. And he says that. I love the whole, because um, power and and... And Shaw slash Raekwon are like, you know, we're in the middle of a war here. And the plug, Hayes, as his character's name on the show, is like, 
oh, I'm not the, I'm not, you know, <laughs> war works for countries, but it doesn't work with us because if y'all at war, people aren't eating, you know, but then power goes, yeah, but if we win the war, <laughs> we get all the spoils. And so, so yeah, yeah, I, if you're the plug, be neutral. How does it benefit you to choose sides? Make all the money you can. Right. You know, so it makes sense. So it's I don't interesting. Know if like this in real drug culture, because it's not about that life. Right. But uh, <laughs> I have no the, clue. But for the TV show, it makes sense. So. And it's funny. Power really is coming through with the lines here, uh, as you can see. So not only does he say that, but he has that whole melting pot line, too, as well. Y'all, that's dope. I never thought about it that way either. You know, because he was just like, yeah, it's a melting pot, but things don't fuse together. They just boil over. You know what I mean? So he was like, eventually, this is going to get ugly. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, whether you like it or not. And I don't know if he's doing some type of foreshadowing of what's to come. It, 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 it seemed like that's what he did. Kind of yeah, like, yo. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And it, it was just kind of like, again, power coming through, boy. He just, gosh, I love his character. He's just letting the scenes come to him. He's not forcing anything. In comparison to? Sha <laughs> and your boy. <laughs> you know, because uh, he's just as grimy, if not even grimier than those two guys. But <laughs> like you say, the delivery is a little bit more crisp. Right. And, you know, maybe because he's a seasoned vet, you know, he is a, he's been in the game, it seemed like a little bit longer than those two. I don't know. But, um, yo, the dude is just coming with. He, yeah. like, he doesn't show up a lot in scenes, but when he does show up in a scene, it's he makes, weight. He makes his presence known. Yes. He is making that's, that's what you want from a from a character like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is who you know is important because you know they know they're important, but they're not the uh signature or, or, or character. So you want your supporting characters to still be valuable characters. And Agreed. that's what power, that's what power is giving us. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed about this episode, and maybe just because I watched it for the second time, there's a lot of children being focused in the, the role of children. You know how it starts off with them in the field? And I did see this in one of the Wu-Tang documentaries that, that some of the projects literally did face the forest. And so the kids would have this opportunity to have almost like this, not, not rule like thing, but it definitely would be like, like a forest and like people use it for gardens and stuff like that. Oh. behind some of the projects. So it was funny to see these kids arguing. And Dennis, who's in the middle of some stupid, stupid stuff, criticizing the kids for arguing. He's like, yo, y'all break this up, man. Y'all, y'all wild. And then the next thing he goes, but I'm not playing and show the tech. And it's like, how are you going to get mad at the kids for playing? Okay, whatever. So you, okay, cool. And then even when um they both go to the, uh, the, um, the supply house, they see how in the middle of all this stuff, there's a guy, you know, getting his <laughs> semi-automatic rifle again. There's a child in the hall. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then even later in the episode, um, um, Bobby's mother uh, takes care of his little kid who just wants to play the arcade game. 
you know. So like it's it's just crazy. Like I wonder was it on purpose, but you almost have to remind yourself like oh, this gangster stuff is going on. But there's children. They're seeing this, be modeled by this, they get hurt from it, killed from it. Um who grew up thinking this is normal. That's the biggest thing. And so in the middle of this, you see like it's very important because I, I feel like especially with a lot of our movies and, and, and depictions and, and our music, let's be real here. It's almost like we only think adults are around and no children are growing up thinking that all this behavior is normal. That child is going to think that everybody's dad has AK 47. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, or, you know, and so that's why you, and that's why you get this cycle in neighborhoods like this. Where, you know, yeah. So it was real. I, it was very deep how they, and it wasn't obvious, but like I kept seeing kids being featured, you know, just being sprinkled into a lot of scenes. So that was really I'm, good. I'm glad you say that because it took me back to my first point where, I mean, to the first episode where we talked about the Wu-Tang, where the conventional route to bring in income for the family to, to take care of the family is through hustling. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you presented a good point. You have children who grow up around this environment, which this is being normalized. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this privately the love versus survival um, way of thinking. Uh, you know, where some people are privileged enough to grow up where love is the priority. So many of us grow up in a situation where survival is the priority. And then you see these relationships later on in life with the survival people and the love people. And a lot of times the survival people come off as being mean and heartless and users and incompatible and you know, non-compassionate. And you have to understand that like a lot of those people, and this is not just based on income. It's very important. I'm not just talking about income or socioeconomics. Um, uh, I have not read the book, and I will not read the book, to be honest with you, but uh, I'm going to take it real left here. But, um, you know, people said about the um, the book written by our president's niece, and have said the nieces said that, that the household that her uncle grew up in was not one of love. Mm. It was like, you know, the father, like, pretty much letting them know, like, you know, you got to accomplish this to have any worth in the world and all this type of stuff. It wasn't a, this compassionate, loving household. And so you start to realize, like, that's important. You want people to, you know, we want people to grow out of it and get counseling. And, you know, you don't want, you know, make excuses for people. But I, thank goodness I can speak on behalf of myself and I feel comfortable speaking on behalf of you. We grew up in situations where love was the priority. And so we able to act that way. But we all know people that definitely survival or maybe some other element. Maybe it was greed or something like that. But definitely where love was not the priority and you understand why they came out the way they did. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And just looking at it from my perspective, I did not grow up in the greatest of neighborhoods down in Miami, Florida. But my, I had a lot of love. And I yeah. had a different mentality than probably what my neighborhood could have inflicted on me. Or fostered, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
So I, you know, for being coming from the neighborhood that I came from, I didn't realize I was poor until I left, to be honest with you. That's incredible. Yeah, that says a lot too. It says a lot. You know, so that just gives you some type of you're say rich what? So you're rich in so many other things. Agreed. Because I grew up near projects. Uh, I grew up near near other situations, mm-hmm. but it just never dawned on me. I'm like, oh, this is I, I wasn't in a bad situation until I left. Wow. You know? So so when you went, so when you went to Florida, so you when you went to University of Florida, you realize you 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 your 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 family's economic situation dawned on you then when you went to UF. I would say even more so, but fortunately through different programs and stuff like that down in Miami, I was able to leave the country, go to other states. Yeah, you were you you were traveling, bro. Yeah. <laughs> International free, free Belafonte international. <laughs> I, I was afforded, uh, thankfully, some some opportunities that at a young age helped me to see the world in a different perspective. And because of that, you know, uh, I, was, I, I saw like, oh, we don't have it as good as I thought, but I came from a two-parent household and they, they always had a, a shelter, food, and I had siblings where I was well taken care of. Yeah, that makes a difference. Um, and you start to see that, and we're going to go more into this episode. That's literally what Riza, I mean, Bobby's and Devon's mother is trying to give them. Yeah. Trying. And the thing is, too, I think Bobby's and Devon, I think their father was a drug addict. I think they do those flashbacks where like you see them beating like like throwing stuff and everything. So yeah, definitely, definitely they don't I'm 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 sure they'll get touched upon later. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah, yeah, you definitely see um something's going on. And, and then you see um the mother constantly like on the phone with somebody named Jerome. And so you're like, who is Jerome? Right. And just to help that the uh the sister says Jerome and not dad is interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, not, not everybody calls their, you know, I definitely, I mean, you mess somebody who calls their parents by their first name, he's like, phone. I've seen that a couple times, especially growing up in the country. I, I've seen people be like, oh, I mean, you know, and not like they're talking to you like they're yeah. saying their mother's name, but they literally call their parent by their name. It's always <laughs> weird. <laughs> Because I still call my uncle's uncle something. Right, yeah. I hear you. But, but not everybody does that. Some people just, you know, even in my family, you know what I'm saying? So it's not weird, but, like, I, I, I wouldn't know what happens if I called, you know, my uncle Alfonso Alfonso one day. He'd probably look at me like I was lost my mind, even though other nieces and nephews call him by his first name. But I bet if I was like, hey, Alfonso, what's up? He'd probably be like, what, what, what? <laughs> The record would definitely stop on that one. <laughs> like, I'm not Uncle No More. <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh man. But, but 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 yeah. So this also was the drug dealing episode. <laughs> All the drug dealing, a lot of drug dealing, cartoon drug dealing. Yo, how do you feel about the cartoon interludes? Like I, I don't know. Okay. I, so. <laughs> so Again, this takes it back to 
what vibe are they trying to convey with the show? Yes. Because if you want to go to the cartoon vibe, you're taken away from the rawness of the show. They now, have the granted, fingers looking like bunny rabbits and stuff, right? Like, right. Weird. You know, so it's kind of like taking it back to the first episode. <laughs> you're, you're, what are you trying to be? Are you trying to be this raw, hardcore episode, or are you trying to be kind of like light on the subject matter? Yeah, because you, know you so, man, it's kind of like, oh, that's real. Because you know why you do cartoons? You do cartoons because you don't want to show dope being sold or mm. dope. Being used. That's an old trick, like um, Quentin Tarantino. I did not notice, man, until I saw an uh, interview he did. In Kill Bill 1, you know when they go black and white? There's a scene where, I think when they go in the restaurant, it's like the scene where like, uh, like probably 80 people get cut up. Okay. Like, he goes to the restaurant and she's fighting the tuxedo crew. They all got like tuxedos. Yeah, I know There's a about. scene where it just turns black and white. He explained that there was so much bloodshed in that scene. The way they keep it rated R, not NC-17, was to make it black and white. So it didn't show up as red blood. He said that was like a cheat code. And so like, there's like all type of like stuff like that, like in, in movies and TV that we don't know about. Like you're like, why do they do it that way? It's because they didn't want to reach some type of guideline or get, you know, or get classified in certain things. So yeah, it's weird. When they started showing the fiends showing up, you know, as cartoon characters, I was like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. why, why is this needed? And like, especially they showed the fiends, a lot of them as animals. So I didn't like the dehumanization of it, to be mm. honest with you. Like, cause I, I, I get the other side of it, right? And I probably gonna sound hypocritical cause on the last episode I was like, I'm getting tired of us showing shows where we gotta sell dope. But I don't, I don't think I like the dehumanization of people who are addicts. You know what I'm saying? I think like, I'm not saying it need to be some, you know, crying moment where some a pregnant woman shows up, and we all got to have that moment. I'm not saying it had to be that be that, but by making them bunny rabbits and cats and dogs and stuff was like, I, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like that was needed, and I feel like it also was weird because then, like ten minutes later, you literally show Raekwon cooking dope, <laughs> like. Literally cooking dope. Like cooking dope. Oh I, like I, I was blown. Like I really was like, because I, I was like, oh, okay, they don't want to show real drug, drug usage. Like I get it. Okay. They don't want to show. Okay. No, but, but then you got them with the. Yo, it is crazy when Power goes clicking up the marvelous. Of course, like that's from a Method Man skit when he's talking to Raycon, like, yo, the chef, because we call him the chef because he be cooking up the marvelous. So that was funny. Another you know, Easter egg right there. But it was just real confusing. Like, why are we showing cartoons? Did we show them with it? Like he's literally cooking dope. Yeah. And I'll be yes. real. I was trying to remember, have I ever seen dope cooked? I know I have a Miss Society, like you show them, but the fact, I don't know why, it just seemed like the secret record was like for real, for real, like, yo, like, oh, wow, he's like, you know, it was just Now, 
I've seen more grittier depictions of cooking dope in music videos than what oh. Raekwon was doing. Uh, it just, again, the authenticity, granted, I've never cooked dope. I've, I've never seen dope being cooked before in real no, life. I've never seen dope being cooked. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just saying in your trap house videos to show how nasty and grimy a trap house can look. And hey, I've lived by a couple trap houses as well. Yes. Um, let's just say the trap houses they were in were maybe two or three steps above the trap houses I've seen. Oh, well, he's living in the trap house. He got an apartment. <laughs> Yo, with a 27-inch Zenith, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, I'm so disappointed he didn't say 27-inch Zenith, by the way. I was so disappointed. Why didn't he say that? I probably would have lost my mind. Maybe they, maybe they didn't want to make it too corny. But, okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, guys, it's when uh, Ray, we're doing all out of order. Who cares? When Raekwon gets the apartment, who just – okay, so – so I didn't catch it the first time I saw it, but the second time I saw it, I didn't. I don't know why it didn't resonate with me the first time I watched it. That Raekwon was so happy because you know he's got an apartment, mm -hmm. but for some reason he didn't realize that he really didn't have an apartment. He really was just a watchdog for the trap house. So he went from being like super excited, like "Yo, you, yo, yo, son, you got me off the rooftops," you know what I'm saying, and then. Oh, you got the TV. He thinks he's about to watch Price is Right. And it's really just none of the channels work, but the camera. You right. could get the second TV with the cable. <laughs> you know? I ain't bought that. I was not about that, man. You're on the clock 24-7. What's that? Yeah. Was not... it was so funny. It, it, it went for me like, I went for me like, oh, to be like, oh. <laughs> What happened to the last cat that was living in this apartment? <laughs> Did he not make it? Was he not watching the TV? Was there a TV? Is this why we have it in here now? <laughs> it was just really weird. It was just, it was just, it was just really interesting to me, like that whole scene, like how I watched it the second time. But it, I still, I don't know. I just knew he was going to say the scene. I just knew he was about to say it. Oh, also, yo, we really gone up. In technology, when in '94, a rapper would say the 27-inch zenith, that was like a cool thing to say. Like, yo, think about it. If you went to somebody's house right now, like you was like, oh, yo, Frito's holding Super Bowl party at his house. All right, cool, let's go through. And he's, and if you said to me, yo, like, what type of TV you got, Frito? You need me to bring the thing? Oh, no, nah, man, you cool. You know, I got the 27-inch zenith, baby. Leave it. What? You need to add about 30 inches. You need to, dog, that's crazy. You need to double that. Like, you need to double that. Yo, 27 inches, you used to think that you was doing it with 27 that inches. That was our college TV, though. Oh. Our, I think my, no, I, I think my college was a 21 inch. Yeah, my college was a 21 inch. I think I had a tw 27 inch that I bought off somebody. So you had, so you, you had the Raekwon TV. You <laughs> You were living large. And dog, that was 94. You were in college from 2000, 2005. So we talk about seven years and you have a Raycon was rapping about. And he's so dope. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> How you selling dope only got a 27-inch TV? <laughs> yo, yo, but yo, oh man, we really going down a rabbit hole here. But yo, I just realized something. What's up? That's here. Biggie came out with Juicy. And Biggie was talking about his 50-inch screen money green leather sofa. sofa. I need to hang out with Biggie. Biggie had the 50. So okay, okay, so so <laughs> if we do decide to talk about another aforementioned rapper later on, I have a whole segment of like that tree line that he comes from. That he comes from that biggie tree line. Who's that? Ricky Rose. You know, let's talk about this in the verses. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We want to talk about we, we have a, a a bonus episode coming up soon. We will talk about the Rick Ross. Yeah, we <laughs> I know where this is going. That's gonna be funny. Twenty six. Yes. Yo, you need to with Biggie. Basically, it's what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, hang out with Biggie. Biggie yeah. got a fifty inch with the money green leather sofa. And we all scrunched up watching Ray Corn <laughs> seven inch. Zenith. They don't even make Zeniths anymore. What is <laughs> I had a Zenith, but my mom had a Zenith. We had the floor model, the floor joint. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Freaking 400 with the cathode ray tube, 300 pound TV. Yes, I do know. Yeah. And it had like cabinets on the other side. Oh, y'all had an OG. <laughs> y'all had an OG, dog. Bro, the one that after it stops working becomes a desk and you put a TV on top of it. Yeah. We had one of those too because it had the wood on the side. The wood, you know what I'm saying? The wood on each side. Yeah. It had a little, little, like you could take little, you would put, no, I know what we do. We put photos on each side of the TV. They became like little photo cases. Yeah. See, ours had like a wood thing on, on the top. Too, so you yeah, just stack yeah, yeah. stuff on top yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, you stack stuff on top of pictures, awards. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like 200, 200 pounds, son. It was. It was heavy. Like my dad made like a a base with a roller thing on it, so that we could just <laughs> go <going> around. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> like I can't. I can't wait. I know. I can't wait to you able to explain to your kids, you know, little P and your your, your other future kids about, like, you know, like I'm in the guest room with a little flat screen behind me. That's not 27. I think it's about 44 inches right there. So we still not on Biggie's level yet. But uh, no, no, no. But time out. That's in your spare bedroom. That's 44 inches in your spare bedroom, homie. Oh yeah, I'm living large. You're right. <laughs> All I use this for is like, you know, if you, if, I don't know if you can see the, the, the nerdiness that is happening behind me. That's mm -hmm. a Super Nintendo, a Nintendo, a PlayStation 4, and a Switch. So, wow. like, wow. yeah, so not only is hip hop my passion, but video games are my passion. I spent like six hours on my Switch yesterday. Get, get, you, get you a wife that understands you. Um, my wife bought me that for Christmas, the Switch. And the PS4 comes out in a couple months. I'm going to try not to get it. I'm going to try to wait till 2021 to get the PS5. Yeah, I'm thinking about that life, though. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, look. I don't sell dope. I don't do dope. I don't. I have no other no vices. 
I like conquering dungeons. That's okay, so now let's think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. Here, you're thinking about purchasing a game system, maybe five, six hundred dollars, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your boy Bobby is trying to buy a tool that could change his future for twelve hundred dollars. No, it was two thousand. It was two thousand. It was two G. Talking about that. Two thousand dollars. Yeah. And it's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong now. It's, it's still, a, lot still a lot of money. But not really far I out there. I got a whole there. job, Frito. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a lot of money. And he's 18. Like, keep real, dog. That's we couldn't have bought this at 18 years old. No, well, we could not. We could not buy it at 18 years old. We could not. Yeah. That's true. Two Gs was a lot of pesos. Yeah. It was a lot of money also because, you know, let's get back to the show, but also, like, we started to figure out in these last two episodes that RZA or Bobby just is a very irresponsible person. Yes. And it's like, he's not D. I mean, D, you know, D, I wouldn't call D super responsible, but at least he's there at the house when he needs to be there. Mo, unless he's messing with RZA's sister, that's a whole other conversation. We already talked about the last episode. But, like, Bobby is constantly not doing pickups. He's not showing up at a spot. He's not answering his pager. Pagers. Wow. <laughs> That's pagers. Oh, man, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> I'm going to call this number. You need to find a pager. Anyway, it's crazy. <laughs> but, um, Power had a cell phone, though. I don't know if you caught that. I like, saw that. I saw a little. Look, I don't know if y'all got cell phones. Or power got... Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. TV writing, but um, but yeah, Bobby doesn't deserve two thousand dollars at all. No. And I'll keep it real with you: if you said I'm dope, how you got two thousand dollars? But uh, you know why? Because he ain't working. He ain't working. Ah, it was such a frustrating episode, man. Because just like these are all a bunch of freaking, all of them, all of them, <laughs> just mess it up. Oh my god. Now how now, now. Trap house. How you get a trap house? You get a trap house. Me and you get a trap house. And you know mm-hmm. what? But everybody know this is my only trap house. Why are you keeping everything in the trap house? Okay, so that's where <laughs> that's where Dennis gets lazy because Divine would never have done that. Because Divine is gone and because he is cutting corners, he's like, all right. I don't feel like dropping all these things at different places. I'm just going to keep everything at one trap house. Not at the trap house, though. You know what I'm saying? You got your trap house. I learned that from T.I. Your trap house and your stash house can't be the same situation. That's 10 crack commandments. Biggie said that. Like, what are we doing? I have never sold dope. I've never sold aspirin. Laughing gas made me as high as I ever want to be in my life. Oh, my gosh. That dude said a couple times and my chest hurt. Never again. So I am as drug free as you can be. But I am not keeping the cash. <laughs> I'm not keeping the cash and the supply. Oh, in the only place that I have a mark that in my only transactional place. So you 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 selling, <laughs> supplying, I mean you selling, storing. And banking in the same building? Y'all some flunkies, cuz. And you got a fiend on the staff? Come on. 
Bro, you were frustrated, bro. Yeah, don't ever call this the wire ever again. This owner, <laughs> what this is? Oh, like me and Frito could have done this. We could have got robbed. How y'all leave a burner house and then nobody check for the? <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> and, I, and I hate to be this mean. I, I would be real mean. So the house is burning up. <laughs> so the trap house is burning up. Maybe okay. Maybe okay. I get it. No, I get it. Like you would have thought all sides of the house were in flames and everything. It was just like it was like one side of the house and the stairwell. Like so, I get it. So you got to jump. You got to jump out a window. But they wouldn't no skyscraper. It was a two floor, maybe three floor trap house. That's a sprained ankle. You got that's a that's a tuck and roll situation. Oh my gosh. Yo, I I was screaming at the TV like, oh y'all suck. <laughs> what a dope man. Didn't nobody grab the dope? All the money? My music. My music. What? My music. You've got the 1200. You can just redo that again. Ask Shotgun to show back up and lay the same verse. This is not the end of the world. My music. Yo, y'all, you suck. <laughs> Didn't nobody want to pick up the phone like with daddy? <laughs> Yo, I feel like everybody was on detention, including the mama and the daddy. Oh, my gosh, dude. Uh, son ate the big piece of chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's scared. He in jail. What are you going to do? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Man, it's all good, man. It's all good. I was, it, I was just totally amazed at they just. <laughs> I'm just laughing at you getting your dope deal instructions from a T.I. song. Like, you just like <laughs> the song. Like that humored me right there. I, just, I learned See, everything. I told you. So Biggie, <laughs> Ti, the clips. Got to show the clips from love. Scarface. I'm leaving somebody out. Oh, Ray and Ghost. Ray mm -hmm. and Ghost. Maybe that's about it. Cool Breeze. Learn some from Cool Breeze. Not your fam, but and Master P. Master P. I'm pretty sure a few of them said in the songs, you don't want to do all this in one space. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I know this is all after this, you know, this yeah. 99. I'm sure Cool G rap said something of, 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 of relevance about this subject. So Now, to Bobby's defense, he did please mention Please, defense, please. <laughs> to Bobby's defense, he did mention it to Dennis, like, yo, D wouldn't put all the stash and the drugs that's your brother, though. No, actually, they actually make it work. They be like it being you. If we're working together, and employee C isn't doing something, and you like, yeah, I told him. What are you doing? <laughs> that makes it actually worse. That makes it actually way worse. No, there's no defense. Because Dennis did say, "Cause I don't want to do it. If you want to do it, go ahead." So you are correct. Exactly. He don't want to do it either. Right. You want to be made beats. <laughs> Yo, okay, so look. What's up? Man, 
Okay, we got to talk about this right now. Go ahead. So this is something I want to say a lot during this series. You know what I love? I love any time they show RZA making beats. Sampling, any of that is A-plus stuff. I, I get geeked out and trying to figure out. I use the captions now and cheat. So, you know, the captions will tell you what songs be in place. So I don't got to like. So, yeah, that's a cheat code. Because I because before I was like, literally like, crap, what song is that? Let me figure that out. Oh, uh, what song is that? What song is that going to be? Now the captions will be like, this is being played. You're like, oh, cheat code, cool. I don't got to. You know. You know what I don't like? What's up? Anytime RZA is going through the process of making his rhyme. At all. I don't care. <laughs> and like I I know, let's just say in a shot in the dark, if somebody from the show or Rizza himself, who is a genius, super respected, oh my gosh, you provided a great part of the soundtrack of my life, sees this. But I'm gonna go ahead and get in trouble right now. Like I Rizza's Rizza's Riz is not my favorite MC out of the Wu-Tang and probably is in the bottom two or three. Yeah. So Fair. when he's going through these processes of doing his rhymes, I'm like, what ghost that? You know? <laughs> what, what, what method, man? What, what shotgun at? Where Ray at? It's, I don't, I just, no. No, but it's but the crazy thing is it's authentic as heck because you know Rizzo be throwing too many words in a bar. That's literally how he be right. Like he show yo, dog, Sam, no saying fallopian tubes going into the fallopian tube, into the fallopian tubes. Authoritarian to totalitarian into the fallopian tube. Like that that is exactly how Rizzo probably writes, man. And it's just like I don't think I I, I just I, I just I, Rizzo, you are an A plus producer. A plus. You own the list. When people talk about Dre, when people talk about Primo, mm-hmm. people talk about Fresh, you gotta talk about Rizzo straight up, like yeah. to me. You know what I'm saying? I understand that like regionally. Some people don't like his stuff that, oh, it's not danceable, whatever. He is on the list. But you got other people you can talk about. And I, I, I do understand he is the, you know, we're going to talk about this. He is the first one to get a record deal. He was a rapper, rapper. Yeah. So I understand, I understand why this is important. I'm not saying take it away, but I can be real with you and say like, I'm like oh, is he, are we going to get into Riz's book of rhymes here? Like, I don't Oh, okay. And maybe so, it's to carry, tell that story of how he first becomes an MC, but then yeah, also it at the same time. It serves yeah. a very big purpose. It serves yeah. a very big purpose. I know we do a little bit of pre-spoiler here, but it, 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 there's, a, there's a reason to do it. Yeah. I can't remember if I realized that when I fought the first time. But I definitely remember being annoyed the first time, too. Like, well, why are we going into Riz's rhyme book for? Like, what are we doing? So... So now, granted, so one, just like you, when you start to see his process between I came to bring the pain, how he was making that come together, I came to bring the pain. Oh, oh my gosh, that was incredible. That was, that incredible. was an awesome scene. 
I like I really got the twelve hundred. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I was getting goosebumps. I was getting goosebumps. So just to, so just to explain to people, you hear Bobby playing with his SP twelve hundred. He finally gets it. So business is booming. They done got the brick from the plug. They're flipping it. Bobby is making decisions that has really made the business, who knows, 10 times, 20 times more money. He, he picked a prime location for the trap house. You got to give him credit for that. He did. And so because of that, he's able to get the SP, the, like, the SP-1200. And then there's a pivotal scene where he's playing around it. He has no instruction manual because he had to get a floor model. He's playing with it, playing with it. And, you know, he's putting, like, the bass beat. He, you know, he's playing a sample. And you're like, what is this? I don't know what it is. And then he starts to layer some of the sounds for I came to bring the pain. And when you realize it as a fan, you're just like, wow. You're seeing the genius, the mindset of an artist putting his stuff together. And that was just an incredible scene right there. A very incredible scene. It reminds me of um, Hustle and Flow, mm. which I think is one of the greatest things in hip-hop movie history. I don't think Hustle and Flow gets um, respect as a hip-hop movie enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe maybe if it would have been about Juicy J or DJ Paul, even though, of course, they made appearances in the movie, it may would have resonated more, but like seeing them lay the the foundation for uh, whoop that trick in this was incredible. And I know for some people they're like, ah, oh, gimmicky, whatever. I have seen multiple interviews with artists who said that literally they've made beats that way, like they're toying around and. Uh, let's just put some stuff in here. Someone got a chant going. Oh, this is right with that. Let's see where that goes. And then before you know, you have this hit. And so, uh, whoop that trick could have been tear the club up or something yeah. like that, where you're just like, yo, somebody just does a chant, tear the club up, whoop that trick. And somebody's like, lay some snare to that, though. <laughs> Speed that up. And before yeah. you know it, you're like, this is a song. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Q-Tip say that in an interview before, how, like, he would just go to the record store and just pick random records and then put it on the thing, and sometimes Jerobi or somebody would be over, and then he'd just be scratching for, you know, someone's just saying something. It's like, man, again, let me turn that back, you know? So it, that was a beautiful part of the, of the show, and, like, got me super hype. And then the fact you see Method show up, and then – but did you catch – the the Ray part though, when Ray was supposed to be on the song, and you saw them doing a the little battle thing, they were sort of insulting each other a little bit. Like that's crazy because Ray, they all did that for real, and of course that goes into torture, from the from the from the you know where where Meth and Ray were going back and forth. You know what I'm saying? So oh. yeah, and um, Rizzo said that would happen a lot where they would like they would sometimes even get on songs like they would have to like play torture with each other and see who. Because you can't put all eight, nine, ten members who could have on the same song every time. So sometimes they had to figure out other ways for them to convey, get, compete getting on songs. And right. Then you got albums, then you got multiple albums being, you know, so it's crazy. So, and Rizzo yeah. was, at one time, he and Mathematics, I think, were the only people doing beats for them for a while. So, yeah. 
And so, you know, that plays more into Riz's genius, <clears throat> why he should be counted at the top. He, what, he, he probably masterminded, what, the first, what, nine, ten albums for, for Wu-Tang? He got classics, like, not good albums. Like, mm -hmm. you, you can definitely, I mean, I have no problem saying that 36, only built for Cuban links, and Liquid Swords are definitely classics. Fives. Yeah. And then you got something like, like Return to the 36 with ODB, which at its lowest is a four. Like I'll be honest with you, it could be four and a half. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying like at its lowest is a four. Like, and then you got Iron Man, which is which I don't think is as good as Supreme Clientele, but Iron Man is, is still freaking ridiculous. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? Like that that's that's five incredible albums. And like, you know, there's other ones too. Like we'll talk about Deck when we get to the Deck episode um, and why his album could have been better. Um, mm. but it wasn't his fault. But uh but yeah, man, no, nah, Riz, Riz is super super but I like I said, I would like you just talked about I just enjoy his production <laughs> a lot years more than his uh his pen. Um yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And um we already talked about Raekwon getting off the roof, but uh <laughs> yeah, that was good for Heart him. Heartbreaking scene. So the stash house gets burned down. Yeah. Okay. I made a lot of fun of it, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You know, um, and so because of laziness, stupidity, whatever you want to call it, all their drugs are gone, all their money is gone. Divine needs bail money to get out of jail because it's getting hostile in jail for him right now. Yes. Yes. Like, <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> like the rival neighborhoods are licking their chops to get on them. And the longer he's in there, it, 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 it doesn't look like he's pretty light skinned dude, so you know he was catching <laughs> hell, son. Oh we yes. Oh, we looking for him. Oh uh you so, looking for Al B sure. What you doing for <laughs> Christopher Williams? You doing? So Bobby yeah. returns back his SP-1200, dude, to get some money to help out with the situation. Would that record store really taking that thing back? <laughs> Not for full price. He would have got like $700 back, bro. Hold on. Time, time out. I'm mad at them for selling a floor model to him for full price, Tommy. How you going to do that? How you going to hey, charge Tommy hey, like that? Hey, hey. Hey, when you put a business in the black neighborhood, it do it any type of way, bro. With no instruction card. Yo, Rizzo said that's true, though. Rizzo said that, that he did get the SP-1200 without an instruction card. He said that in an interview. That's true. So that shows even more of his genius oh, to learn how to play it. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I need an instruction guide to, to hook up, to put that cabin together back there. <laughs> hey, man. Learn how to sample and truncate. <laughs> truncate. What's truncate? <laughs> The look he gives method it was so funny. I believe that. I, I, I hope that happened too, because that was funny. But yeah, he has to return to 1200 Somehow, he, I guess he gets full price for it. He's like, talking about, oh, we about to go to the real sad part. I forgot about this. <laughs> you know, like, the 
The real sad part, I forgot because I feel bad. I forgot. We haven't mentioned this character at all. The infamous Jocelyn. <laughs> How was that not our LVP? That should have been our least valuable. <laughs> Who's Jocelyn? Who's Jocelyn again? He can't get shot. <sighs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were about to say was heartbreaking. Because like he's telling his mom, like, you all made a move, you're gonna be okay. I sold the thing. Then at the same time, the mother's like, I understand, baby, and then plap, plap, plap. I was thinking, yeah. I was talking about I was thinking about another another part where Divine is in jail talking to Bobby and he's like, what happened? Oh, go and back then, to that. Man. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, that's cool. No, no, nah, nah, you're chronologically correct. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. And then Bobby was he doesn't say anything. It's just more and more. I'm just like, okay, Bobby is a child. This yes. is like, this is a child move right now. He doesn't say nothing to him. So I'm like, yeah, this is 15, 16 year old Bobby. So like, I'm like, I don't know if a grown man. I think just, he would. I think a grown man would. I know some. Oh, you think so? Really? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to, but before the next episode, we'll, I'll try to figure out, even though it will be authentic, I'm going to see, like, at what time did some of this stuff happen. Basically. Okay. And Got we'll you. It, but, no, I still think he's 18. I, I, I'll be real with you. I think you're seeing it through the guise of you. That's true. And Fair you enough. at 1920. Fair. The 1920, you made some responsible decisions to change your life and your family life. But let's keep it all the way 100 here. We got some 30-year-old, 40-year-old people in our lives, bro. Definitely 20s that are not about this adult life. So I'm just going to keep it. I'm just going to say that and keep it moving. So I definitely think it's very reasonable that a 20-year-old would be like, yo, the first $2,000 I get, I'm going to buy this SP-1200 because it's the coolest thing. Because, yeah, I, I believe it. I don't think, yeah, so I think you, maybe you wouldn't have made that decision. Maybe I wouldn't have made that decision. And you know what? Looking back at my 18, 19-year-old self, there was some silly decisions that I made, and there were some, yeah, some like, yeah. times where I did not step up to the plate. And I do have to realize I'm almost 40, and I need to take myself out of that and really take it Yeah, take yourself, out of it. It. take yourself out of it. Take you yourself out of it. And also, I'm going to keep it all the way real with you, like, we also had tangible, we didn't know they were maybe, we had very tangible hopes and dreams. Mm. Like, translate this to, I know this is a fictional depiction, but let's just say that this Bobby character really was real. Like, this is somebody who is maybe late teens, early 20s, like, who knows, I can't sell drugs forever. Like, no one sells drugs forever unless your name is Pablo Escobar or, you know what I'm saying, or Manuel Noriega or somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what they end up doing? They end up becoming record execs if they're lucky. If that's like the point zero 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 one percent But that's not – you don't sell – like, the runner boys, they don't last forever. They go to jail or they get killed or hopefully they move on. And so, like, he doesn't see any other path, though. 
And so his only path to him that's logical is this other great skill set he has is this uh, hip-hop thing, which is still in his infancy, and he's trying to figure it out. So, no, I, th- I think I actually think he's very realistic in what he does. I, I'm making fun of his decisions, but I actually think his decisions are very realistic. I think you actually would have been unrealistic if he would have not bought the 1200 Because mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting my $2,000. I'm going to the school. Especially... I don't think I know I can't. Maybe you can. I've never been that good at anything in my life. I don't think. No, from yeah, that those type of skill sets. Like that good. Like yeah. that. Like I'm, I'm like I've been an A student. Mm-hmm. But like Riz is not an A student in what he's doing. Yeah. He would be point, he would be the first person on Harvard's list if we translated this to to academics, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like he'd be all world road scholar, everything. He's a savant. He know that yet, but for him to be that good at what he's doing, I would have taken. I would have bought the twelve. You know what? Let me change it. I would have bought the twelve hundred too. I would have bought yeah. it. I would have bought it. And 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 he, you know what? He made. He's making better decisions with his drug money, other than your boy, which you alluded to earlier, Jobson. You know what I'm saying? Dawson is so realistic as a character. He's so realistic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know some people probably hate him. They're like, look at this idiot. We all know a Jawson dog. I know I do. Man, I know a Jawson. I knew Jawson's at Florida, bro. Where there shouldn't have been no Jawsons. We all grew up with Jawsons. Yes. In our lives. Yes. We probably know some Jawsons right now. Right now. Woo! It's just wild. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. Like he just because in both episodes he just flew off the handle just doing some silly stuff. And you're just like his So in the first episode, really... I was trying to figure out who Jocelyn was. Who is he? He isn't anybody. Okay. You know, he knows I mean no, let me say that respectfully. He's no one that we would know, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because of how is well, go ahead and get into it. What happened at the end of episode two? Well, okay, so he gets killed, but it's the reason why he gets killed that really I'm disappointed in. It's not like because he was manning a stash house or uh, got in an altercation where he was trying to hold down the fourth or anything like that. He was jealous of some other gangster hustler, a big timer. Semi-big timer. You know, he was jealous of him having fresher gear, him dating a woman that he tried to get at, you know, and he was just straight up hating. He was he was just hating hard. And so in his bright idea, he puts on a face mask. So a face mask to go rob the dude in his apartment with his girl there. <laughs> Wearing what? Wearing, and they showed this earlier in the episode, he kind of has these one-of-a-kind sneaker designs that nobody else has, and he did not want to divulge because he wanted to be the only ones wearing them. We all know those guys. We all know them. (laughs) (laughs) We all know them. He's so realistic a character. (laughs) 
Nah, man, I can't tell you where I got these, man. <laughs> really? Like, really? Come on, yeah. now, dog. Get out of here. So, because he was wearing those wonderful, those wonderful kind of sneakers, even though he had ski masks on when he robbed them, the guy was recording some promiscuous activity with him and his female, mm -hmm. and while he was getting robbed, and in the video, <laughs> just gets better and better. <laughs> and while he was getting robbed, the camera fell over. And the guy was rewinding it after the after after he got robbed. He was rewinding just to see, like, like man, what happened? And it shows the sneakers. And as soon as he saw the sneakers, the big time drug dealer knew Crescent, exactly. Crescent. Crescent. Thank you. Crescent knew who exactly it was because he's the only one that has those sneakers in the neighborhood. And what happens when he's coming out of the restaurant where Bobby's mom works at? He got shot in the chest, dead. Ah, uh, daylight. Yes. Still had the cannolis <laughs> in the bag, son. I was hurt about that spilled food. I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> Yo, if you ever been to like a real Italian spot, like a real, I ain't talking about the OG. I ain't talking about Olive Garden. I ain't talking about Carabas. <laughs> But if you have been to a real mom and pop Italian spot, mm -hmm. yo, that, that, that hit different. So yeah. when I saw that bag of the spill, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I felt bad for Jocelyn, too, but I think, <laughs> I think halfway. But when he robbed Cuz, it's like, well, this is going to be the end of Jocelyn. Like, I was like, that's a wrap. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm just, you know, there are all those folks. Who was just jealous? You just hated the way he went out, cause he just—he didn't have to rob, dude. There was no need. Y'all was selling dope. Yeah. Y'all were doing good. They was making money. If you would have been at the stash house, maybe it wouldn't have gone up in flames. Like, like I don't know. And everybody liked him. It was crazy. Everybody. Uh, we talk. Well, we'll talk about it next episode. But he was a well. I didn't realize, but he was a well liked person for everybody. But those guys Ooh, are Oh, you're talking about Jason? Yeah. yeah Jason was charismatic. He was witty. You kind of like. He could have been a rapper. Yeah. Yo, that could have been Ludacris right there, son. Yeah, I would have bought a Jason album. <laughs> like, jumping out the ring. <laughs> like, you hated him, but you loved him at the same time. That's why he's realistic. Josh Sun's the dope dealer that comes to the basketball games, the high school basketball game, and it's fresh. Everybody knows he sells dope. Everybody knows he sells dope. And everybody likes him. This the principal, hey man, what's going on, Josh? Hey man, what's up? What's up, Mr. Rich? What's up, dope? And everybody like, you know, Josh sell dope. Does anybody go check it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, we're gonna talk about this in the next ep too. But Jocelyn is two chains, you know, like two chains. Oh, two chains esque, like super flashy, super cool. Uh, two chains is not a troublemaker, though. So maybe that's not a good analogy, but just mm -hmm. the super flashy, 
I can see two chains being. I've seen two chains interviews be like, "You ain't got these though, playing shoes and shit," <laughs> you know. And, it's, it's, and you're not mad at him for some reason because it's two chains, it's right? Like, you ain't got these. These just steppies. You like, okay, cool, you know. Speaking <laughs> two chains, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 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 ended episode <laughs> on a real because you already got that low, like you said from. From uh, Devon still being in prison and, and Bobby having to give out twelve hundred and all that, and then you, the, the, the triple whammy, you know, the house burnt. Like, it just, like last ten minutes, episode was like, God, this, this is rough, you know, this mm-hmm. is falling apart. And then, dang, Johnson gets shot up in broad daylight over a Dookie chain. And the thing is, too, he was flashing the Dookie chain. Like I'm like, homie, not many people. In the same hood. Right. Why was I stupid and thought he was gonna sell the chain? Like, why did I think that was gonna happen? And I I was shocked when they showed him wearing like I like I like I was so I was just like, man, you just robbing this dude just to sell it. Like that's what I was thinking. It never occurred to me he was gonna wear it. I don't know why it didn't occur. So when they showed him rock on the block, I'm like, oh, you wanna get caught. Because he was wilding. <laughs> like, you can't be the, the one of the top dope dealers get robbed of his chain and watch, and then you mysteriously got this new chain and watch. Like, at least sell that chain and watch and get a different chain and watch combination. I know this is for TV. I do get it. I know y'all like we frustrated like Willie. Why are these real people? But it was so like. That wasn't the best writing, but but it was realistic at the same time because people do this. Yeah, the the, the it, thing is, you saw the 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 envy in his eyes since like, yeah. since the church scene. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Like you. And then Ghost is like, you ain't hollering to her. You, you be screaming out her out of the window of a taxi. What are you doing? That was so funny, too. Uh, oh, my God. Also, yo, I do want to, do you want to talk any more about the cap appearance in the jail? Anything else you want to talk more about that? Were you, did you, you know, know that I'm was good. cap? You know that was cap the first time you saw it? I didn't know it was cap. I knew it was a cap line. But now that you say that, it probably is cap. Yeah, I think it's cap. I think I'm be disappointed if it's not cap. I'm gonna be like, well, "What was that line about? Like, why did you do that?" And the fact that I that cap is from Staten, I am 99 sure. Okay. Um, and then the fact that there's this relationship sort of trying to form between these two, or maybe it is trying mm-hmm. to form. Also, it's just interesting the the politics of New York, and I think this is something that as a non-New Yorker, I don't. I didn't really know until later on in life. I did not, you know, it makes sense now, like, and you look back on it, but I didn't realize that there was this hierarchy with the boroughs. You know what I'm saying? And so this is something that gets hit on in a lot of Wu-Tang interviews and documentaries is that they were very proud to be representing Staten because Staten was the, the stepchild of the other 
bur uh, other boroughs. In fact, some people don't even consider Staten and Long Island real boroughs. You know what I mean? So you got the Bronx, and of course, Bronx is representing already in the hip hop. Of course, we we go along by that. No KRS, everybody, and then you got Queens, which already had Coogee Rap and MC Shan, and then Brooklyn. <laughs> It's in Brooklyn, you know. You know, you got Kane, and then you got Queens. You got Queens. Let the, uh, did I say Queens already? Did I say Queens already. Queens. I, I, and do you say like the Harlem Manhattan area? I don't think. Uh, Harlem would be part of Manhattan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Harlem Manhattan is the part that I'm trying to figure out who was really representing. For the, I know who represented later, but I don't later, know. Later, that's true. And then Long Island was Rakim. Mm. And Chuck D. And Chuck D. Gotcha. Uh, LL Cool J represents Queens as well. I don't want to leave him out. Oh, Run DMC representing Queens. Uh, you know, so you got a lot of representation there. Staten, Cass ain't rapping in Staten, and so it was interesting to see that even play out in the prisons. And I understood why it was important when Devon said this is Brooklyn House, like because Brooklyn represented that was I guess where a lot of Brooklyn cats went for. I don't know if this was in. The, I don't know if this was in Brooklyn, but definitely Brooklyn House lets you know that Brooklyn ran this prison. And so you got these, these, these Staten Island factions arguing, which doesn't really make any sense because no, they don't care about your Stapleton Park Hill situation. Y'all just all Staten cast us. Yeah. So, so I hope it's Cap. I hope it's Cap. But we'll see. And he called himself Cappuccino in the rhyme. Well, I know he's quoting a cap, a cap verse, but I'm just assuming it's cap. It would I make think, no sense if someone else is rapping a cap verse. Right. So. That definitely makes sense. And, and he got he doesn't. I mean, he, he got the at least the the pigmentation that resembles Cappuccino too. If it was like a total light skin dude, I'd be like, well, I don't know what's going on here. But yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That the whole Easter egg, hopefully. Okay. Crazy, we've got Cappadonna in the show, maybe, but there are a lot of <laughs> members we have not seen yet. But of course, that's going to change. But but it, I will say what I was like. So we gonna get Cappadonna before we get Dick? Really? Oh, we got Cappadonna before we got Jizza. Are are they cousins? Are are Jizza cousins with ODB and Rizza? Like, what's going on here? You know, so, storyline, storyline, storyline. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was interesting to. I was like, but I was also excited. I was like, oh, freaking cap. Are we going to get a Shaheen appearance? But, uh, oh, wow. Shaheen the rugged child. Yo, man, I had such high hopes for Shaheen. <laughs> I, I, I hope he's doing good now. I mean, he was acting and everything. Oh, uh, word. You know, he was in um, In Too Deep. Um, he had a little role in that. I mean, we talk about, man, that was like 20 years ago. I'm back like that hanging out last year. Never mind. So, I'm sorry. In too deep was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Oh man, that little cool J being a hard dude who's still playing. <laughs> Hit him with the pool stick. Yeah, that was rough in that movie, man. That movie's underrated. Oh, <laughs> All right, so, so you want to go to the awards, man? We'll go to the awards. Anything? Yeah, else man. What's your MVP, dude? Who's your MVP? Or what right. is your MVP? Okay, let me see. Let me think on this. Um. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make my MVP. Um, I think I'm gonna just go to give it to Bobby. I felt like he had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, it's funny because I like it's hard not to give it to Bobby because he's definitely the protagonist. 
Yeah. But um, it was interesting. He had some highs and lows in this episode. Uh, the the high definitely was him making the the the, the making the, the bring the pain beat and um, Method Man showing up. And the low um, was him my music and uh and um him having to tell Divine that that uh, he messed up the money had to return twelve hundred. So most favorite yeah. player, my man Bobby Digital. Yeah. So you know uh, I gotta agree with you on that one. He's my MVP as well. I uh, initially I was like mm, that SP. 1200 captured a great scene for me. And mm, I was, yeah, that, that could have been MVP too. Yeah, you know, but Bobby, man, he, it's kind of like when someone steps up to the plate when they need to. Yeah. And life's just all about sometimes making about hard decisions that you really yeah. don't want. And yeah, he made some mistakes, but he's trying his best, rectified him, and you kind of have to give him props for that. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with Least you. valuable player, man. Oh, least valuable player cartoons yeah i just i just didn't we already talked about it so i'm not gonna talk about it i just i felt like it diverted from the rawness that we were going through and then we see cartoon bunnies just was Oh, man, can I mention one more thing that was too funny but shouldn't have been funny? Sure. And this goes back to your least valuable player from the previous episode. Yo, when Dennis slash Ghostface burnt homie's beard off, I don't know why I found that so funny, and it shouldn't have been funny. So I just want to put that out there. I laughed. Oh, and then OEB threw the, the, threw, threw the beer on him? He did throw what the beer on him. What were you doing? That could have started – look, that could have started the first fire, right? <laughs> Throw alcohol on a flat, but anyway, oh hair, hair is heck of flammable. So that uh, could have been right there. Oh my that was, god, that was foreshadowing. We didn't even know it. Mm. Oh man. So, so what about you? Your 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 least valuable player, or man, Jock's son, man. <laughs> Jock's son, like. You know, when you see somebody in real life who has so much promise, you know, they got some flaws that they can, they, they have to work through, but you can see just like, wow, if you just turn this corner, there really is no ceiling for you. Yeah. And Jocelyn, you kind of got a feeling like, cause you like to do, yeah, he was braggadocious, but you just, you appreciated him when he stepped on the scene. Yeah. And you know, it was just envy, jealousy, hate that made him do what he do and got his life capped, man. Yeah. Like you you are already known as the freshest dude on the block. You're yeah. already known. The fresh prince of 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 of, 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 uh, of Staten Island. So just chill, but he just he couldn't let that go, man. And yeah. um, that's my least valuable player right there, man. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> no longer on the show. All right. Oh, that was cold. That was cold. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yo, okay, okay. One more thing. So no, this, <laughs> it just hit me. You know when Ghost is uh simulating the the, the, the gunshot things like I'm gonna have like Yeah. 
That's literally what Joshua was like when he got hit. <laughs> Yo, look back at that. Oh, look, look, real talk. We only making fun of this because this is a TV show, like for real, like that. That's the only, but it's just funny. Like there's like unintentional, there's unintentional uh, foreshadowing. I, maybe it was intentional, but literally when Ghost of the have like it's amazing that literally that's what happened to Jocelyn in the same episode. But it's just oh weird. my god! Oh, yeah, I'm rocking the EPMD shirt today. Even uh-oh, though uh-oh. I tried, okay. you know, I need a new Wu shirt. The Wu shirt I have is in. It's not. It's not wearable. It got. A, it got. It, it got the like the you know like the print and got faded off and don't look like a W no more. So what I had, Eric and Parrish, forever making dollars. Oh my but, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Good episode though, man. Good episode. We want to thank you all for listening, tuning in, all that jab. Please check us out on all of the streaming platforms. Uh, like, subscribe, comment to Frito and Willie on all the social media sites, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz. We on it. Holla at us. All right. And with that, we out. Peace.